Hello, and welcome to the Haunted and Historic Podcast, where we talk about houses, abandoned, historic, and sometimes haunted. I'm Courtney, and I will be your host. I feel like every episode I have some sort of intro, something to talk about, some thoughts. I don't know that I have anything today because... It's been a while, and I really would like to stop starting my intros by apologizing for the duration of time that has gone between. So with this one, I'm just going to get right into it. With these podcast episodes, I always aim to do one of two things. I either want to introduce you to something you've never heard of, or I want to talk about a topic or story that you're already familiar with, and then we can discuss it and bond over it. For this episode, I really hope this is something you haven't heard of yet because I would love to be the one that introduces you to it. I heard about this show a couple of months ago and all I heard was the title followed by Coming Soon and it drove me crazy for months because I didn't know where to watch it, when to watch it, how to watch it. I just knew that it was coming into the world and it was already years overdue for an idea like this to be made. So today we're talking about the new show, murder house flip. I know, I'll give you a minute to process that. It is basically true crime meets fixer upper. So I'll give a little bit of backstory before we get started. And then I'll give you a rundown of the episodes and then my thoughts and review at the end. But the first thing I want to start off with is where to watch this show. If you have not heard of the app Quibi, or if you've just been ignoring all the ads on social media for it, you're not alone. I personally had no interest in it at all until I found out that this show is going to be on it, and I immediately signed up for the free trial. There are currently only four episodes on there, and we're going to go through a brief overview. So episode one covers the Dorothea Puente's house in Sacramento, California. I feel like this is a pretty well-known case if you're into true crime. In the 1980s, Dorothea Puente ran a boarding house in Sacramento, and she ended up murdering at least nine people in the house in order to cash out their social security checks. After her arrest, it was discovered that she had buried seven of the bodies in her backyard. Episode one of Murder House Flip introduces us to Barbara and Tom, who are the new owners of this house. Although the murders took place within the home, the new homeowners have mainly had reservations regarding the backyard and the outside area where the bodies were buried. So in this episode, this is where the two hosts focus most of their energy and their renovation efforts. This house was also featured on an episode of Ghost Adventures, but it was when there were different owners who were in charge of the home. Episode 2 takes place in Torrance, California. In the late 80s, William Bradford shot and killed his ex-wife, Barbara Bradford, on the day she and her children were planning to move out of the home. Barbara was shot and killed in the living room of the house, which is where the new homeowners have always felt uneasy. They state that it's not really a room that they're comfortable being in or having friends come over, which is hard because it's such a central part of the house. There's also a marble fireplace that is a focal point and a point of some possible secrets that they go into in the episode regarding a rumor about the murder weapon, which was never found, and whether it still remains in the house. And this is investigated during the renovation. 
Episode three, I think, is particularly dark. It takes place in Oceanside, California. In 2014, Frederick Hengel murdered his wife. He dismembered her body in the bathtub and placed her head in the freezer, among other things. This house in the neighborhood is referred to as the Blue Murder House for its blue exterior. The new owners of this house are a really sweet young couple who are wanting to start their family and they feel weighed down by the past of the house, which is hard to avoid when the house itself is so noticeable due to its notoriety and the standout blue color. This episode had a lot of surprising moments. Because of the dark nature of this episode, there were a lot of questions that they covered that I really appreciated because along with the hosts, I had these questions as well, and they covered most of it. I believe this couple was aware of the murder before they bought the house, but because of its low price, well, lower for California, and its proximity to the beach, it didn't seem to be something that was non-negotiable, but it's also not something that they necessarily enjoy about the house. Episode four talks about the house that once belonged to Judith Barcy, who, if the name sounds familiar, she was a child star. She was the voice of Ducky in The Land Before Time, and she also lent her voice in All Dogs Go to Heaven as the main character. Judith Barcy and her mother were killed by Judith's father, who then killed himself within the house. The new owners of this house didn't know anything about its history before they purchased and found out about it from the neighbors. So to start off my overall thoughts, it's a little hard to talk too much about the episodes because they're only around 15 minutes in length. There's four episodes and four stories and houses that they cover, but within that there's three episodes that are about five minutes each per house. So you are removing the time for what would be your commercial breaks in a typical show but 15 minutes is pretty short. I just watched it on my phone and it kind of felt like I was watching a YouTube video, so I definitely didn't mind it. I'm also already a fan of shows like Fixer Upper, so I felt like I really liked that aspect that they were doing the renovation part. They do talk about how to bring light into different rooms, typical things that are found in home renovation shows. They did show pictures and police footage from the time when the murders occurred, which made it feel more authentic to that true crime element without just talking about it. I was a little disappointed at first that they only had four episodes, but when you consider how hard it would be to find enough people to volunteer for this project, you know, you think about how many people actually live in a murder house how many people would be willing to go on TV to have it renovated, just all of the variables that go into that. I feel like it's easier to understand why it's taken so long to get a show like this and then why we're only given four episodes. So I think we should be a little understanding in that regard. The show is hosted by Mikkel and Joelle and their dynamic I think is wonderful. They're both nice and quirky and funny and I immediately liked their personalities and the the way that they play off of each other. It's funny too because ironically they're not super into the murder aspect of it, whereas I think most of us listening would be. They're definitely more the renovation side. Obviously that is their job, but just to see how they react to details in the cases and where crimes occurred, how crimes occurred, I absolutely loved their personalities. And the production is done really well. It looks like any show that you'd see on TV. 
the video quality, sound quality, just the entire makeup of the show is extremely well done. It just seems like a really high quality show. So I think like I mentioned, there is a free trial that you can download to get the app. It's Quibi, so it's Q-U-I-B-I. And then I think after that, if you want to subscribe, I think it's around $4.99 a month. There are other shows. There's not a ton because it's a relatively new app. So I think that they're still trying to find traction and get different things on there. So I looked through the library of shows. I didn't see anything that I was interested in other than Murder House Flip. That is purely why I downloaded the app. There is another show called 50 States of Fright which I haven't watched yet. I think from what I could gather, it talks about haunted locations in various states. It's a similar makeup, so it's several episodes that are broken into three mini episodes that are around five to ten minutes long, but they also don't have 50 episodes, so not every state is covered. And again, I think that might be something that as it gains popularity, we will start to see new episodes arise and then we'll get through all 50 states, but I have not started that show yet. One of the other ones I found that I was interested in is Trailers by Fandango. I absolutely love watching movie trailers. I could do that for hours. You kind of feel like you've seen a bunch of movies. And so I really like to know what's new and upcoming, things that I haven't heard of, especially any new book-to-movie adaptations. So overall, I don't think there's any harm in just doing the free trial, even if you just do the free trial to watch this show. I think it's a little over one hour, and it's just such a fun idea. I feel like we've all been waiting for this. We all knew this was coming. It was a matter of time before somebody made a show like this, and it's here Maybe not necessarily in the format or the way that we want, but it's here and I would love to help it be successful. So that's really why I wanted to do this episode was just to bring awareness that it exists, finally. It also got me to start thinking about a topic I will never tire of and I have mentioned in the past, what should happen to houses where murders have occurred. I particularly liked hearing each couple talk about what they loved about the house, what drew them to it, and how they envision their future in this house, but also what needs to change in order for it to feel like home. This is not the same situation at all, but it reminded me of a personal experience. I moved around a ton as a kid, but when I was 12, we moved into the house that I would stay in for the longest amount of time that I'd ever been anywhere. So we lived in that house from the time I was 12 to the time I moved out at 21. But shortly after I moved out, my mom decided to renovate the entire house. I mean, it was completely different. She changed everything that could have been changed about that house. She painted the walls. She changed the carpet. She got tile within the living room. But the kitchen had all new cupboards. She actually took out one of the walls that went into the kitchen. She took it out and moved it so that there wasn't as much of a dining room. And then the staircase that went downstairs, it went from being hidden behind a wall to being exposed and in the kitchen. That was a really hard experience for me because it was the only place I really ever called home. And that renovation felt like the death of my time there. It was hard to go and visit my mom and revisit that house and feel any sort of connection to it, even though 
so much happened in that house. I mean, the most important times of my life happened when I was living there. And just to see the kitchen was not my kitchen. It was not, it was very 80s before it had like this cheap plastic stuff that like sad excuse of a backsplash that's like pink stuff you could just pick off and break. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, it just looked old. It was not, wasn't a modern home by any means. She's since moved out and sold that home, but it's really hard to drive past it and know that it doesn't look the way that it did during those important times. My point to this story is that changing the interior of a house can completely change your feeling and your memories of it. So personally, I do agree that if you moved into a house and it had a similar setup as when the murder occurred, it would be really hard not to constantly focus on the fact that that is the way that the house looked when that happened. Even if you moved into a home where a crime was committed and it didn't look that way at the time of the crime, for you to put that extra effort and change it makes it yours. And this show really got me thinking about what all can be done to give a home a new life. But I hope that all makes sense. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I need to know if other people have seen this show. If you've heard of this show, if you were like me and you've been waiting forever for it to come out, and just your overall thoughts, anything you want to share. I do have a little bit of an update, so I'm aiming to get more products added to the Etsy shop for the Haunted and Historic podcast shop, hopefully by the beginning of September. I really want to launch a strong collection instead of just slowly adding pieces. I want to do one big launch for fall and then just continue to add to it as needed. And I have a lot of fun things. So a lot of scrunchies, coffee cup sleeves, clay earrings, maybe some necklaces, and then the t-shirts and mugs as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I am already in Halloween mode but please reach out to me on social media. Let me know if you have any ideas for episodes or if you have any thoughts that you want to share with me at all. I can be found on Instagram at hauntedandhistoric. You can also email hauntedandhistoric at gmail.com. And of course, you can check out the Haunted and Historic podcast merch shop on Etsy. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, I would love if you subscribed and even maybe write a review if you like it. I'm just so proud of this project and so excited by all of the people that I've met through pursuing this and all of the upcoming collaborations make me really excited. And I'm so glad that you're here and you'll get to experience that with me and we get to go on that adventure together. Thank you so much and I will talk to you in the next one.